um, because here we teach nothing else but the purity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we were on chapter 18 last week. What? Lesson 18, chapter number 2. Yeah, lesson 18, chapter number 2. Verse 1 and verse 2. And the title for the message was Move On. That was the lesson. Move On. Okay, so when you move from the old to the new, there is no turning back. And we say the most dangerous church to attend is a church that mixes the Old Testament with the New Testament. Jesus addressing that, he was very clear. He said, you cannot put new wine in old wineskin. What will happen is that you will lose both the new and the old. And the old is not only found behind the pulpit. The old and the mixture is usually found uh, begged by good instruments in the form of music. It is very possible to sing a long mixture and believe mixture and be entertained by mixture. And what you continuously hear will establish in you a foundation and will build in you a mindset that you will then use to interpret the things that happen and the things that you then encounter and face. So never underestimate the power of music, the power of what you listen to. It's not the good beat that we dance to. It's the good lyrics that we dance to. All right? So the lead guitar may be amazing and out of this world, but as long as what goes with the lead guitar is not sound, it is not worth your time. It's not worth your investment. All right? So you have to move on in every sense of the word. You have to move on. Jesus moved on. God moved on. Why are you stuck? Why are you not moving on? And we also learned that you can move on without moving on. You can physically move on and attend a grace church and you are still in the law. So you have physically moved, but you have not moved. The moving that is important has not yet taken place. All right? Uh, we just had... On the grace files, the story of the prodigal son, you can be there and be prodigal and be lost. You can be with the father, but not with the father. You can be away. You know, what is interesting about that story is that the guy who went away was found quicker than the guy who stayed. By the end of the book, the guy who was at home was still not found. But the one who went away and wasted everything was found quicker than the one who was home. So a religious man is difficult to find because before you get to him, you have to pass through doctrines. You have to pass through men with their CVs before you get to the heart of a religious man. When you have one Pharisee penned, it is amazing. You need, I think, in heaven there will be double celebration because Jesus says that you are condemning all these people, but do you know that the prostitutes, the murderers, and all this, they will get into the kingdom of God faster than you guys. All right, well, I'm already on my message for the day. Esther chapter number 2, verse 1 and verse 2. We are still on the same verses. After these things, when the wrath of King Ahasuerus subsided, he remembered Vashti, what she had done, and what had been decreed against her. Then the king's servants, say king's servants, who attended him said, let beautiful young virgins be sought for the king. So last week we looked on what they said. And this week we are looking at the ones who said, the king's servants, all right? The king's servants said, okay? These were men who were working in the palace of the king. These were men who served the king, okay? 
And uh, they are the ones now coming to the king to give an instruction to the king or to give wisdom to the king who is broken because the queen is no longer there and who does not know what to do at this particular time because the wise men just say that she needs to be replaced. And now the king's servants, they look at the state of the king and they say to the king, you know what, king? It's time for you to move on. But take note, these are servants speaking to the king. Now this is a very unusual thing. Because it's usually the other way around where it is the king speaking to the servants, not the servants giving advice and the servants speaking to the king. Uh, most of the times when a servant would speak to the king, it would only be in response to what the king would have said, but not to give advice to the king. Are you, are you with me? Now, the Bible says it's the servants. Those that you look at and you see as despised. Okay? They did not hold high offices in the kingdom. They were just men. If they had some offices that they held, they were obviously lower than the office of the king. But they are coming to the king and they are giving advice to the king. And they are saying to the king, it's time for you to move on. Now, most of the times, people miss wisdom because of the person or the people who have given the wisdom. Because every word is connected to the one who has spoken it. So, it really took humility for the king to say to the servants, I will do it. That's what we'll look at next week. I will do it. It really took humility on his part to say, well, you may be my servants, but I am able to see wisdom. Many a times, okay, give me Ecclesiastes, please. Chapter number 9, verse 16. Chapter number 9, verse 16. I want you to see how difficult and why it is difficult. Then I said, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised. It does not stop to be wisdom because it's a poor man who has spoken. It is still considered the poor man's wisdom is despised. His words are not heard. The very fact that I'm poor does not mean I'm stupid. I may be stupid in other areas, but I may, I'm not stupid in all areas. Okay? So the reason why the, the wisdom of the poor is biased is because the, he's poor. So they are not really rejecting the wisdom. They are rejecting the poor man. The one who is sharing the wisdom is the one that is rejected. Right? Are you hearing me? So it takes humility to see sense in what a poor man is saying. And go beyond what the poor man has and does not have. And say, well, it is a poor man, but it is a poor man who has spoken the wisdom. What I want from what he has said is wisdom. 2 Kings chapter number 5, verse 3. We are introduced to a little girl. I've preached on that message, I think, so many times. I'm sure you know it by now. The slave girl. So this is a slave girl. She's in captivity, and she's working for Naaman, a Naaman who had leprosy. And she's coming from Israel, from Samaria. That's where she's coming from. All right? Syria had overcome the nation of Israel, took her captive. Now she's working as a slave and as a maid in the house of Naaman, who was the commander of the armies of Syria. Then she said to her mistress, if only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. Are you seeing this? 
It is the gospel that is being presented. The gospel, by the way, is just good news, okay? So it is the gospel, the good news, that is being shared to the mistress by the maid. Okay? Now, now I'm not talking about spiritual things now. Do you sometimes listen to your maid and to those who work for you? Or you know it all? Okay? Do you, do you value their input? Or you say, I pay you to do what I say, not for you to speak to me. Okay? Whenever you find a person who says that, that I pay you to do, not to speak to me, you have found a foolish man. You don't need to go and look for any other foolish person. You have met one. <laughs> Wisdom is knowing that you do not know all things. That's the first step of wisdom. It is knowing that you do not know all things. That's why Jesus was made unto us wisdom. Okay? So your wisdom is in the person of Jesus, not in the fact that you know stuff. You don't know it all. Okay? Praise God. So, Nabal, okay, I'm, I'm still coming to this one. Nabal was rich, but the Bible says he was a foolish man. The world connects wisdom with riches. The world connects wisdom. You know, Pastor Joss' teaching in Cape Town was amazing. Right? If you read that one or if you listen to it, you, I'm sure you were blessed. If you want audio, see me. Okay? He was talking about wisdom. There is a difference between wisdom and degree. There is a difference between wisdom and qualification. That's what he was saying in his message. That's why Christ has been made unto us wisdom. So when you are a wise man, you understand that there are certain things that you may not know that others know. And you are willing to listen to others. So listen to this. This is a slave girl who is giving a word to the mistress. Your master, with all his might, qualifications, strength, he is ignorant that there is his solution in Samaria. If only my master can go, that the little girl knew something that the commander did not know. And the commander was humble enough to say, I am going to the nation that we defeated. Because there is a prophet. He did not say, well, if there is a prophet, how come the prophet did not save them from our invention? No. Just like a, a lot of people say, yeah, these prophets who say they know, how come they did not see coronavirus? You can only see what is revealed. You don't see at will. Okay, so don't blame the prophets for not seeing coronavirus or for not seeing the next, you know, because some people make those lame arguments. Yeah, these prophets, why is it they didn't see this happening to his child or to their son or to their... No. <laughs> you only see what is revealed. There is only one who knows all things, and that is God, who is all-knowing. All of us, we know in part, we prophesy in part. Okay? So don't blame the prophets. For stuff that go on in your life, whether right or wrong. Okay? Fake is another story for another day. I'm, I'm just trying to help you that even a genuine prophet of God does not know everything because he's still man. Okay? So, he went and got his answer because he listened. If he had applied Ecclesiastes chapter number 9, verse 16, he was going to despise the wisdom from this poor girl and say, I will not go. What do you tell me? What can you tell me? I know these things. Okay. Learning something? So, many a times, people reject wisdom because of the packaging. So, when you do a bit of marketing... When I was doing a degree at some point that I did not finish. Uh, because remember, I taught you on a message inside out. I think I was in second day or so. 
Well, I didn't finish because it was outside. I wanted, uh, the reason why I enrolled for that degree is because I, every person who was being introduced preaching, they were introduced by their degrees. And I was like, you know what, let me do one because it's not like I can't do it. Let me do one so that they will introduce me also by my degree until I realize, you know what, why waste my time? I'm called for this book. I will know this book so well. The same way you know your accounts, your, I will do everything to know this book. So I quit. But before I quit, I had learned something about marketing. Okay? You know the four Ps? You don't need a degree to know this. You know, some of you just know it. Four Ps. Okay? What are they? Product? Price? Packaging? Place. Oh, packaging promotion is the same. Okay? So packaging is important. So we're going to talk about packaging. So the title for the message is Go Beyond the Packaging. Go beyond the packaging. A lot of us, we have missed good things because of the packaging. And a lot of us were deceived because of the packaging. The eloquence. You see, con men are always up to date. You see the way I'm, I'm dressed right now? That's how con men dress. And when con men talk to you, dressed like this, you, you will say, Pastor, there is no way. That guy, if you just look at him, you see money. There is no way he can be looking for my 500. He's, he's okay. Okay? So, people, even the ministers of the, and okay, yeah, gospel, because others are not, you know, because they are fake, so I'm trying to find the proper way of putting that. They will always package themselves so well so that when they come to you, you will not, you will get everything that they say without reasoning because you just fell in love with the package. Some of you at one point or the other, you were disappointed because you fell in love with something because of the packaging. Do you know that the Coca-Cola bottle, it's said to be more expensive than the contents inside? You know that? Go check it out. The bottle is more expensive than what is inside. It's called packaging. Who buys something that is black and drink it like Coke? Well, we all do. All right? So packaging is very important. So now the Bible here says in Ecclesiastes, if wisdom is packaged in a poor man, it will be despised. Amen. Are you following me? Are you hearing what we're saying? So the little girl had a, result, had a solution to the problem and they had to see beyond the packaging, the age, the gender. All right? Because in this time, women were despised. That's why you come into the New Testament. The Bible says there is no male nor female. Why does it say no male nor female? And what does the Bible say? To as many as received him, he gave them the right to become the sons, of, not sons and daughters. Because sons had so much... Uh, what? Value in their eyes, not in the eyes of God, in the eyes of the people then. So the women to be told that you are now sons of God, they were so excited, not these days. These days they want to be called sons and daughters because of the feminists and you know, feminism, this whole thing. Um, but then in the context in which the Bible was written, it was a joy to be called a son of God. Okay? So now to go beyond the gender and say, well, she's a young girl, one, or she's young, one. Number two, she's a girl. Number three, the, the land that she's pointing me to is the land that we conquered. All these things, he could have used that to say, well, I'll stay here. Oh. The rivers where I come from, they are better. 
than Jordan. Okay? If your healing is packaged in Jordan, you would think you may miss it and go for... You would think it's in the river. It's not in the river. It's not the packaging. I want to go with you slowly because we're driving something that is very important. Okay? Now, you come now to the New Testament. There is a guy by the name Jesus who then is born in a manger. And by the way, he's a king. By the way, the conception was supernatural. It was an angel who left heaven, spoke a word to Mary, said to Mary, you are going to be with a child. How is it going to be? It's going to be of the spirit. Okay? But listen, the angel does not go to the whole house of Israel to announce. That's how God does stuff. He speaks to one man. He doesn't speak to everybody. And it becomes the burden of one man to try and convince everyone that I was with God. And God said. Now, she almost lost her marriage to Joseph. Because the angel did not pass through Joseph. You see, God can sometimes bring you to a place of confusion. God can sometimes bring you to a place of confusion. Not because he is confused, but he's trying to use the confusion. Okay. Do you know that the fact that you do not have a defense does not make you guilty? God showed me this, I think, some seven years ago when I was going through the book of Matthew verse by verse studying. And when I saw that, I saw that you can be just without a defense. The fact that I cannot defend myself does not mean I'm guilty. Mary, imagine, Mary did not have a defense. It's the Holy Ghost who impregnated me. Doesn't make sense. You see, there are so many people okay, that we have accused not because they are guilty, but because their defense is weak and God caused it. You know why God causes sometimes our defense to be weak? So that our stupidity is revealed. The stupidity of those who judge is revealed. Why is stupidity important? It's important because it gets you to a place where you need wisdom. If you acknowledge that you're stupid. The same way you acknowledge that you are a sinner. And it gets you to a place where you need a savior. Okay? I'm preaching good. Whether you feel it or not, I'm preaching good. From then I learned I, would, I never judge a matter when I've had one side of a matter. No. Because the first one to defend himself is not always the right one. I'll, I'll give you a quick one. The fact that I can... I don't have a, an attorney representing me as a Joseph does not mean I committed the offense. I tried to rape Potiphar's wife. I'm a victim here. Okay, it's a message for another day. We're back. I'm trying to share with you wisdom. So this guy is born in a manger. No place that is good for him to be delivered. To fulfill the scriptures, he's born in a manger, and the wise men come looking for a king. The shepherds immediately celebrate the king. Why are they celebrating the king? They are celebrating the king because, not because of where he was born. It is not the manger. It's not the beautiful hospital. It is the person born beyond the package. All right? Beyond the package. There are people who were born in public hospitals that are making it in life. And those who were born in private that are not. It's not where you are delivered 
and where you were born. Some were delivered at home and they turned out just fine. Some of you, it cost 35000 to deliver you, but you still a dunderhead after 45000 was... Go beyond all these things. I want to try and help you. Go beyond this, whether public, whether private, whether this, whether this, a child will be born. And that child that is born is a gift that is coming from God. Jesus, it was in a manger. There was no doctor, professional doctor. The guy was born. And now, imagine the guy who is born, he's the savior of the world. I want you, I want you to get this. Because when you get this, you get to appreciate how God does business. God is not really concerned about packaging. That's why you are packaged with sand and dust. That's your package. The soil outside, that's your package. You. 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 That's the packaging. If you celebrate the package and do this hundred times and do this and do this and you are proud of that, go see beyond the packaging. Others married the wrong women, wrong men, because it was packaging. The corn man was packaged. <laughs> Borrowed suits because they know what you want. The people don't want genuine people. So if you come genuine, that's why the Shona say, like if you're proposing, you make sure that you're at your best behavior. And your real behavior is then exposed after you hit the jackpot. Get that person in, then you realize that, you know what, I got married to a conman. But the good news is that even God saves conmen. Okay? So, Packaging, all this packaging. Others are packaged darker than others. Others are packaged. But God is not concerned about all this. He's concerned about what is on the inside. Are you, are you following me? So in order for your life to take the right direction, you need to learn to see beyond. Now, manger, the guy goes to school with other boys attended the same primary school and he's just like all of them. Oh, this sounds interesting. Sounds like all of them. He's walking like all the other boys, playing in the street like all the other boys, attending services like all the other boys. Everything was the same, eating from the same place. When he was a little bit older, right, he would visit the carpentry shop, his father who was not his father, Okay, carpentry shop, he is there, learning, right? But before the carpentry shop, eighth day, circumcised. The father did not even have the wealth to, to afford the lamb that was required for the circumcision. It was just the turtle doves, right? I, I want you to see this. And then the guy stands up now. Luke chapter number 4, verse 18. Now, we we're, were together yesterday. right? I want you to get this. We went to the same primary school. We know where you were born. We know how poor your, your, your family is. We know your father. And you come and say, the spirit of the Lord. Now, actually, he opened. Yeah, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And he goes on at the end. He says, the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. The Savior is here. The Savior who was prophesied in the book of Genesis, prophesied by Isaiah, by Jeremiah, by Ezekiel, all the Old Testament prophets have prophesied about him. And now he comes and he says, I am now the one. And the first thing that got into their minds is that we do not like the packaging. It cannot be him because he was born in a manger. It cannot be him because we walked in the same streets. 
it cannot be him because we know him. We know his address. We know that he could not even afford, you know, a proper and a decent circumcision. How can he be the savior? It needed men of revelation and humility to say we go beyond the packaging. We go beyond the birthplace. We go beyond the age. We go beyond where he attended school. We go beyond his natural father. We go beyond the carpentry shop. There must be something that God has deposited on his inside. And Paul comes and says, ladies and gentlemen, we used to judge each other based on the flesh. We judged him based on the flesh, but we will not make that mistake ever again. Because we got it all wrong. From now on, we judge no man according to the flesh. According to the package. We go beyond the packaging. We go beyond the outside. We go beyond the outside. And I'll be able to withdraw wisdom. Servants, yes, they are servants. They may not be as smart. But what they are saying to me about moving on is true. I will get their word. I will do it. Even if the servants go around and say, yeah, well, the king, you see, that wife, we are the ones who actually went to him and says, you know, move on. And he did it. Don't worry about them. But you have moved on. That's the most important thing. The reason why the gospel, our gospel, our gospel is rejected. It's not because people don't see sense in our gospel. No. It's the packaging. They just don't like where you grew up. They don't like, just like who you are. They don't like your English. They don't like all these things. The, the church got to that point. They realized that. I, I listened to someone saying that at their church, it was a confession, they would look for the prettiest girls, or pretty, pretty ladies and girls who dress like this, and, you know, and they would make them sit in front, like live like this. You see, you see, our church, no one has got a seat that is marked. Everybody can sit anywhere. And they ask, why, why is it you have got this, you know, all these beautiful girls sitting in front? It says, if those who want to advertise Coca-Cola use a beautiful woman, even us, the church, we should do the same in order for us to attract people to come. We should never forget that the packaging is not the real thing. We should never forget the packaging is not the real thing. What was born in the manger is not the real thing. The real thing, John comes, chapter number one of the book of John, verse number one. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. This is the one that is in the manger. What The packaging is the one that you saw in the manger. But that's not the real one. The real one has always been there. You may have a birth certificate with the date and the day Jesus was born. But guess what? It's Christmas every day. He has always been there before the beginning of time. He has always been there. See beyond. So where he was brought up, he did less miracles because... They did not believe. You know why? Packaging. We know him. 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 Acts chapter 27, verse 21. Even Paul encountered the same thing. Listen to me. But after long abstinence from food, that's what people commonly say, uh, fasting. Let me give you another thing about fasting quickly, and I move on. Paul comes, <laughs> do you know sometimes when, when Paul was uh, recounting his sufferings, he says in many fastings, fasting was part of his persecutions, part of his sufferings, part of everything that was going through. Do you see that? Thing? When, when he was talking about how he was beaten, how he suffered, he says hunger and thirst, it's separate. Then in many fastings, it was a problem. It was part of his problem. It's there in your Bible. Yeah. I'm just talking about what's there in your Bible. It was part of his problems. Okay. But after long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, Men, you should have listened to me. 
and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. He had told them, this breeze that I see, I may not be a sailor, uh, but I, I think we should stop going. And they says, what can you tell us? You don't know. I'm the captain. We have to go. And now they are in a problem. And he says, no man, you should have listened to me. Why didn't they listen to him? He didn't have qualification for what he was advising them on. So, Jesus, did you attend Gamaliel school? He says, I know. Yeah, we, ne we never saw you. Which, which stream were you in? Were you... So which campus? Is it the Social Nguve one or the Bethlehem one? Is it the Jerusalem one? W which one, by the way? He says, ah, no, no. I, it was, uh, I was just there. He says, yeah, yeah, ah, no. So it's okay. It's okay. So what can you tell us now? You know, we have the privilege of having this entire book complete and we are looking at it as a complete book guys there are people who lived with him as the boy next door imagine the boy next door coming and saying i am the savior of the world you need to see beyond you need to see beyond you see, there are a lot of people that you meet all the time. Bef before they open their mouth, you actually don't know who they are. It's only when they open their mouth and you realize, I didn't know. Oh, okay. Because when you dress like I do, I always dress good. When you dress like I do, you are always considered smart. Gentlemen, you should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. Then later on, when he then spoke, they listened to him after the disaster. You can save yourself when you learn to see beyond the packaging. So Jesus now, he's there. Now listen to our gospel now. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. Are you there? For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Let's just wait there. So you see this guy born in a manger, he's claiming to be the savior, and he's preaching the kingdom. He's at hand. And now he dies. Shameful death. Give me Hebrews chapter number 12, verse 2. A very shameful death. Very shameful death. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Right? And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So there was shame associated with the cross. Now, the cross was punishment, the worst punishment that the Romans would give to a person, not a person who is a Roman citizen. It was a punishment that was given to the worst of sinners who is not a Roman citizen. They did not see it as a fit punishment even for the worst Roman Criminal. You, you with me? So it was only reserved for foreigners. So it was punishment for foreigners. The West. It was how they treated you when they feel you are now you are subhuman. Now listen now. That savior from the manger. This way is ending. At the cross, accused of trying 
to topple the government of the day. The packaging of the gospel. You see, that was the packaging of Jesus. Now we are on the packaging of the gospel. Our gospel that we preach is connected to that tree. A place of shame. Well, we don't understand it because we all have crosses on our head, you know, on our necks. It's all nice, beautiful. It's all glittery. But you know that what it represents? The symbol. And now the guy is there and one of the robbers, using the wisdom of this world, says, if you are the son of God, he was right. Because sons of God should be able to deal with these kind of things. If you are the son of God, why not deliver yourself and deliver us also? Look, we have a savior who failed to save himself. And that's the gospel that the, the early church was supposed to preach. That there is a savior of the world who died a shameful death and failed to save himself, but he can save you. <laughs> ah. And you're looking at him and says, you know what? Ah, no. I will stay with him. If he was a savior, how come he failed to save himself? But you see, the very fact that he failed in court, because he did not fail, he could have. Okay? The very reason why he endured the cross and despised the shame, it was for you and for me. Okay? So those who rejected the gospel, they rejected the gospel because the gospel was not packaged so well. The packaging was the worst, the worst of sinners. Now for you, and you, and you, to go at the foot of that cross and say it is at this foot of the cross where I have my life. You have to see beyond. You see, our message that we preach if you don't go beyond the cross, a place of shame, it is very easy for you to reject it. Very easy for you to reject it. But you need to understand where everything came from. And we are preaching the cross of Jesus Christ. Paul comes in now and says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed. I know it is connected to shame. But I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God unto salvation. That place of shame, there is power. You need to only see beyond. Because the guy that we are talking about is not like that other robber on the other side. And he is not like the other robber on the other side. If you see beyond the cross, if you see beyond the manger, and you say, who is this man? When you see beyond the cross, you know what you see? On the third day, he rose again. The other guys did not rise up from the dead, but on the third day, he rose up again. This guy that we are talking about, he must be the Messiah. Because death could not hold him. The grave could not contain him. There must be something on his inside. Even death. It could not keep on holding him. It had to give up. And Paul comes and says, death, where is your sting? Sin, where is your power? The grave, where is your power? We need to learn to go beyond the place of shame and say that that shame was my shame. That pain was my pain. The real criminal who was supposed to be on that cross, it was me. Look at you. The real criminal, is, it was supposed to be you. See beyond him and say, you know what? At the foot of the cross, I come to celebrate the only man who saw me beyond the clay, beyond the dust, 
and says, I am coming to redeem and to buy God's possession. Because when we were weak, he sent his son. When we were without strength, he sent his son. Why? Not because of this dust. Because this dust is going to go where it came from. But because he looks at you and he sees treasure. Paul comes and says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. The earthen vessel is not the treasure. The treasure is in the earthen vessel. Don't mistake the two. And then he goes on and says, we are hard pressed on every side. Give me that verse, please. Because there is treasure. Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter 2. I want you to see this. No, actually, chapter 4. Let's, let's start with chapter 4, verse 7 to 10. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard-pressed on every side. What is hard-pressed? This, the earthen vessel. But the treasure is not the one that's hard-pressed on every side. We are hard-pressed on every side. Yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. What is persecuted? You know, you know, you know, you know. <laughs> My good Lord. The devil came to God and says, you know what? Give me access to this guy. And God says, you only have access to what is outside. But you don't have access to what is on the inside. Now, the Bible says you are hard-pressed on every side because God has got a way of preserving the treasure. The you in the spirit is never hard-pressed. The you in the spirit is never down. The you in the spirit is never squeezed. The you in the spirit is never sick. You need to come to a place where you separate the, 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 the earthen vessel and the treasure that is on the inside. You, you need to come to a place where you come to realize that it is only the body that is in a manger, but the spirit is with the father. You need to come to a place where you, you realize that although you stay in Kempton Park, but, but, but you are seated together with him in the heavenly places. You need to come to a place where you move from your place of natural birth and you come and say, I came from God. I am born from above. There is treasure in the earthen vessel treasure in the earthen vessels i'm not sick i will never be sick because me is spirit i don't know where believers get it all wrong because they say we are spirit i am spirit i have a soul and i live in a body and when the body is sick they say i am sick how are you sick because you are not your body if there's something wrong that has happened to, your, to the package of your, your iPhone, it is the, the package that was damaged, not the iPhone. So God says we are hard-pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Perplexed, but not in despair. What do we do? We carry. Go to the next verse, please. Verse 9. Listen. Listen to what the Bible says. See beyond Persecuted but not forsaken. Struck down but not destroyed. We are never destroyed. See beyond. Child of God, see beyond. Don't go about and say, I am stressed. Who are you? If you are spirit, how come you say, I am stressed? That's why we say, believers don't die. Believers don't die. It's only the dead who die. Believers don't die because you are spirit. You put off the body and you transition. But you are always and forever with God. So I said to someone, Jesus is not coming to get us. He is coming with us to get our bodies. Yeah. When the Bible says then the dead in Christ will rise up first, we are coming with him to identify our bodies. That, that, that's my body. I want my body. I want my body. But otherwise, we are with him. If he is coming to get us, where are we? Come on, church. I need to see beyond the outward. And when I say to you, I love you, 
I'm saying that I acknowledge the shortcomings of the package. But there's a you that is trapped in that body. One lady at Bible school said something that is very important. We are Jesus putting on skin. We are Jesus with skin. With skin on. Yes, we are Jesus with skin on. I thought that was beautiful. Jesus with skin on. One spirit with God with skin on. Like him with skin on. So when there's something that happens to my skin, it's not me. Says they broke in. Where? At my house. You see? They broke in. They didn't break into you. They broke into your house. So if the devil at some point breaks into your house, he has not broken into you. The only person who can break into you is you. Don't give the devil the power that he does not have. I declare I am healed. I declare that I will never get sick. When you find me one day on a bed, it's not me. Go to the next verse, verse 10. Listen to verse 10. We have to go now. Always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord. We have treasure in what? We have treasure in what? Check the treasure now. Always caring in the body, the earthen vessel, the dying of the Lord Jesus. That the life of Jesus, so that dying of the Lord Jesus on that cross, it was transmitting a life to us. That the life of Jesus may be manifested in our body. There is a clear distinction. There is what is called your body. In our body. Your body. My phone. This is me. It's my phone. It's my possession. That body, you possess it. So next time, when I preach the gospel, and when you preach the gospel, don't let people refer you to stuff about your body. Because it's not you. So John comes to solidify the truth. He comes and says, he who is born of God does not sin. That's why you should never be ashamed of sin. Okay? Because if the devil... Okay, you should never be ashamed when you sin. You should be able to say, you know what? I messed up. All right? Something happened. Messed up. I'll face it. Because I know the real me. Kishap. It's good. So the weaknesses of my flesh, I'll confront them. The weaknesses of my body, I'll confront them. I'll not run away. Because we do not judge you. Based on that. Stand, please, if you can. The wisdom of a poor man is despised because people look at the outside. They didn't receive his message. The Pharisees had problems with Jesus because they looked at the outside. What you say, what we say may be rejected when they look at the outside. That's always Paul says. It's no longer I that lives, but Christ now lives in me. The beauty of the gospel is the very fact that God sees you as spirit not as body. God is never confused the way you are confused. 
you are very confused. One day, this, one day, this. One day you feel righteous. The other day you feel like a sinner. The other day, God is not in that confusion. God says, the time is coming and the time is now where the true worshippers worship in spirit and in truth. If we are to manifest the life of God in our bodies, we need to first acknowledge the life of God in our spirit. There is no manifesting first on the outside without an acknowledgement first in our spirit. And this is what you need. That's why the Bible says a righteous man falls seven times. It's a righteous man falling seven times but rises up again. He doesn't stay down. He, faces, he rises up, faces whatever it is. We know no man after the flesh. Shameful death. Calvary. Out of the city. See beyond. Are you hearing me, church? I don't know how many times I should say this and how I should say it. Imagine if you stop listening to instructions that come from your body. Let's just imagine what your life will be like. If you stop taking orders from your body. Imagine. If you stop taking orders from your account. Imagine. Because all these cases that you struggle with, it's because you are looking at things that are seen. That's not you. All these things. Ah, pastor, I don't know. I'm blessed. I'm cursed. All these things, the mess that you, you think you are in, it's not you in a mess. All the time, we, we have to find you at that same place again of confusion. Every time. Where you don't know whether you are blessed or not. Where you don't know. If you check my messages, you see, that's why sometimes I say, even if you miss 10 of my messages, when you come back, you will not have missed anything. I say the same thing all the time. All the time. Because there is no new word. But I'm not paid. Because in my heart I have a lot. I, not a lot to say. The very same thing. But sometimes I, I just think to myself. Do we sometimes understand. That we are not this. Do we, do we sometimes understand that we are not this? When a person is sick, the first thing they say, I'm dying. You're dying. <laughs> Who told you you're dying? We don't die. It's better if you say, I'm transitioning. Pastor, I feel like I'm transitioning. Then we say, transition well. <laughs> Death is not the language of God. I'm telling you. Death is not the language of God. God does not have death in his vocabulary. It came as a result of sin. It's what the devil brought in. Sickness is not. My wife will tell you, I don't really entertain sickness and all these kind of things. I don't. I'm working on poverty. Sickness I managed. See, one step at a time, one thing at a time. But I'm blessed. Man, I'm blessed. I'm working so that you see it. But otherwise, with myself in my... I don't doubt the blessing of God that I possess in my spirit. I'm, I'm super blessed. When you hear us talk with my wife about how blessed we are, you think we are rich with physical things. When we begin to talk about how, because we know we possess something that this world will never steal from us. I think it's you, right? Oh yeah, you can come. Otherwise, to save me from here. But I, I trust that you were blessed by the ministry of the word. So next week, Yes, next week, yeah, you can sit down. You know, we are just used to making people stand when we are finished. Forgive us. Next week, we will be on verse 3 and verse 4. I think particularly verse number 4, which says, and he did so. So we'll be talking about mixing the word with faith. So go and, and look at him. And he did so. It is not what he said. But it is only what you act on that becomes a manifestation to your body. Yes, Pastor G, you can go ahead. Thank you. Round of applause. Round of applause unto Jesus. Woo! What a word.
thank you so much. It seems my mic is giving me a bit of some issues. Um, yeah, I can use your mic. Thank you so much for a powerful word. Um, you know, I was just having some revelations as PD was talking to us. Um, I'm going to change myself. You know, most of the time when I look into the mirror, I see Godfrey. I'm not seeing beyond the mirror. Hallelujah. Seeing beyond the mirror. So most of the time when you look into the mirror, you see yourself. 